It's February 18th, 2024. I'm your local suicidal 49ers fan. Okay. And I think instead of a puppy bowl, we should have cats. I'm Savannah. You're listening to Just Plubs. Can you imagine? Did you record it? Yes. Can you imagine <laughs> having cats instead of puppies? I, I Maybe. Do you know what the puppy bowl is? No, I don't. It's uh, after the Super Bowl, they have a bunch of puppies with a human-sized football, and they just pass it around, and there's a winning team. It seems like they're just wrestling with a football. They're just playing. Yeah. Um, can you imagine having cats, though, instead? It'd be way more vicious. Just lounging? No, no, no. no. They they would be full huddle. Like, you know, they got the stripes on their cheeks. This feels like a fantasy that you're you're only I think it's way into. more entertaining. Sure, for most people, yeah. Yeah, it keeps uh, the excitement going beyond the... The actual game. My my bandwagoning did not pay off, unfortunately. Uh, looks like the 49ers did lose the Super Bowl, uh, which is a real tragedy. Um, we did mention, uh, we have talked about numerology a little bit on the show. Yeah. Uh, in regards to the Super Bowl. Sorry, I, I'm moving on from the Puppy Bowl. That's um, okay. That was that was all that really needs to be said about it. Yeah, of course. I agree. Um, however, we did talk about the numerology of uh, said news sources uh, that we get to see on a daily um, and I did get to pick up this fun 33 uh, serable number that, that, that uh, the CBS decided to portray. Here we go. With the touchdown pass, Mahomes ends up with 333 yards. Why is that significant? This stadium's address is 3333 Al Davis Way. He's never lost in this building. And they win it by three on this touchdown throw to Nicole Hardman, who started. And they won three Super Bowls. Um, I, the hidden numerology is it's, it's an angel number, uh, according to several websites that I've been trying to figure out what they have various meanings. But uh, 33 is a powerful uh, angel number in numerology of, and spirituality. The number takes the power associated with the number three and doubles it. This is a number of high spiritual and emotional valence and is linked to many. God, go away. And it's linked to many uh, spiritual icons in religious circles, such as the third eye in Buddhism, the Holy Trinity in Christianity. Uh, the number is thought to connect the physical life with that of the spiritual. The number has a vibration of energies of positivity and uplifting, uh, upliftment and nurture. Uh, the number three is heavily associated, is heavily associated with creativity, optimism, honesty, talents, and the ability to manifest blessings. Um, and you see that in a lot of places. Like, like if you hear, uh, 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 certain news sources go off and say like a certain stat line, uh, they'll say 33% or they'll say 33 trillion or 33 X, Y, and Z, whatever it might be. I don't know. It was just kind of fun. Uh, that's the first time I think I've heard, uh, if I were to ever believe that the serval was scripted, Savannah, I think this would be one of those moments where like, that's, that's very odd. <laughs> well, I mean, from the 33, it sounds like it was also a spiritual event. Yeah, clearly. Yeah, of course. Yeah, sure. But sure. For them. Yeah, no, I agree. I also think the, I also think it was scripted. Yeah. There's no way the Kansas City Chiefs were going to lose that. No, agreed. And of course it had to be a last minute win. Yes, definitely. Literally the last game or last play, like... Taylor Swift made it to the Super Bowl. Um, that was also something that was on the news. She did. She made it. She made it. Jet a, set it a, over in a time. Day a day ahead, probably, uh, given the timeline change. The, yeah, there was so much time. Yeah, well, <laughs> I don't I, know why there was so much. Like, is she gonna make it? Selling ads. There was man. a lot of time. Yeah, 
But luckily, uh, if you it, from her last episode, if uh, if you remember Savannah, that she that she was suing a guy for just reporting her carbon emissions from her jets. Yeah, public uh, knowledge. She has since found a way to bandage this sort of issue. Amid the scrutiny, Taylor Swift has ditched one of her two private jets, and like many celebs, she's resorted to carbon offsetting, purchasing double the credits for her tour. Carbon offsets is effectively like swapping emissions. So I get someone else to reduce their emissions, I give them money, and then I continue emitting. So in some ways I say to her, good on her, that was a nice thing to do, now get on with it and cut your emissions. I shit you not, this is, uh, at the same time, Travis Kelsey is also producing a, a, a film to help uh, President Biden's green energy tax credits. So this is all promotion very, very, very clearly. Yeah, I mean, and we've kind of already talked about uh, offsetting carbon emissions. That doesn't make sense. What? Like who? So you're paying somebody to even out the balance of you emitting more carbon and then so they emit less carbon so then nothing changes. Yeah, that doesn't so make any sense. So there, she purchased like a like a credits probably from Ecuador or something like that where they have um, but like aren't planted those, new trees. Sure, but like it, prior to her purchasing that, had anything changed with where with the source that's going to offset it? From the source, that's like the trees. Okay, the trees. Sure. Mm-hmm. Did she plant more trees? No, no. With that money? Oh, I see. I see. Like, did something change, or now she's just paying money, but absolutely nothing changed? Well, you could argue that maybe that money is being used now to, per, to put more trees into the ground. Sure. Well, you could argue, sure, but is that actually no, what's happening? No, we've been over this before. There was no. a, there, there was those two brokers that were like, it's, it's, it's a hard to verify the market. Yeah, <laughs> you can't. <laughs> like, we don't where know. are you sending this money? We don't know, man. We just want the money. I we guess just we'll want find out with the, um, the new documentary. Coming out. I'm sure with we Travis will. Travis Kelsey. Because who's fun. he who's he producing it for? I don't know uh, if he said. I don't know. I, it's it stars well, Morgan was, Freeman, Natalie Morales, whoever that is. I knew who Morgan Freeman is. And the cost is less than ten million dollars to make. Yeah, but isn't it connected to is it Obama? I just said Biden. Biden. I missed that. Yeah. So same thing. Okay. <laughs> uh so yeah, it'll be very interesting. Um very interesting to see that movie, but it's very clearly an ad promotion. This is the case all along, and 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 you know what, the thirty three, and the idea that the the NFL is listed under uh, a contract of or a business as entertainment, it's not just sport. I guess it is entertainment in the sense, but it's listed in the same categories as the WWE, so um, which is for sure theater. Well, yeah, I mean, in other are other sporting events listed as entertainment, or is they are they I listed as something else? I didn't see else? the NBA. I didn't see. Um, yeah, I didn't see a variety of other games. So, yeah, it was very interesting. Um, I think we should move on from that. No. Yeah. Sure. All right, time to go. Uh, I think time to go. Uh, we should probably move on. We got some uh, some very interesting ones. Uh, we got nukes in space. Spooky. I'm going to clip that out. I swear to God. Uh, okay, here we go. You don't like the word spooky? An unconventional warning on Capitol Hill. Chairman Mike Turner of the House Intelligence Committee summoning his fellow members of Congress to a secure room at the Capitol to review what he called a, quote, serious national security threat. Turner wants the White House to declassify the material so it can be shared with American allies. 
While members of Congress refused to share what they learned, three sources familiar with the matter tell NBC News Russia is developing a space-based nuclear weapon designed to target U.S. satellites. Satellites serve as a crucial backbone for U.S. civilian communications, navigation, military operations, and intelligence gathering. The sources adding the weapon is not yet operational. The White House is reviewing its options. We believe that we can and will and are protecting the national security of the United States. On Capitol Hill, members entered the secure space but couldn't say much when they left. I think I'll allow you know, the president and the executive branch to opine about what this means. And while everyone agreed the threat is serious, they told the public they did not need to worry. I want to assure the American people there is no need for public alarm. We are going to work together to address this matter. This warning comes as a $95 billion national security supplemental package, which includes funding for Ukraine, passed the Senate, but is now stalled in the House. You know what that means? We need to freak people out. Well, the, yeah, that's all media is putting on about these. Well, yeah. So, OK, so the, the, the idea is that it's, it, they need a $95 billion uh, bill passed. Senate didn't Senate passed it. Now the House's turn. Yeah. And then here we go with NBC. Tonight, the White House confirmed that it's monitoring Russia's development of what it called a troubling anti-satellite capability, but cautioned it is not a threat to Americans. We are not talking about a weapon that can be used to attack humans. By the way, all the titles, every single one of them, U.S. so this is NBC, U.S. officials are monitoring new Russian satellite threat. Okay, <laughs> the one I played just before. But he just Russia, said it wasn't a threat. Russia is developing a space-based nuke, source says. And then the other one is Russia developing weapon to target satellites in space, White House says. All of them are very... Um, like fear-invoking language. Fear-invoking language, yeah. Sarah, yes. They're, they're, they're amygdala, uh, amygdala uh, pronounced, if you will, right? They, they're, they're trying to get you to stress out about this. And, and, and they do a good job doing it. Beings are cause physical destruction here on Earth. And tonight, NBC News has learned new details about that capability. No. That it's a Russian nuclear-powered space asset that could be weaponized, according to a U.S. official and a congressional official familiar with the intelligence. It is not a nuclear bomb that Russia is trying to send up in space. It is not an active capability, and it has not yet been deployed. Experts have said a nuclear... Are you fuel playing with your mic? No satellite might be able to carry a high-powered jammer that could block out a wide array of communications and other signals. Today's revelations come just hours after the House Intelligence Committee Chairman, Republican Mike Turner, issued a cryptic warning demanding the White House declassify intelligence about the unspecified threat. And today the White House met with House leaders about it. I've got great faith in uh, what the administration is currently doing to address this matter. In 2022, NBC News' cameras were the first ever allowed inside the U.S. Space Command in Colorado. General Stephen Whiting speaking to NBC's Tom Costello. Space Force. We don't want there to be a war in space, but if others choose to uh, start a war there, we'll be ready. All of it nice. is Russian President Vladimir Putin is raising eyebrows weighing in on the 2024 election, saying he would prefer President Biden over Republican frontrunner Donald Trump. I have not been able to find that clip, by the way. I searched high and wide to hear that. Of him saying of himself. Of him saying that himself. Yes, I have not found, I've, I haven't heard it. <laughs> I haven't heard that. I mean, maybe in the sense that he would like him because it's easier to mess with. Well, yeah, I mean, nothing would change. Sure. As, like, 
opposed to the last but four I, years. I don't think I think he'd prefer Trump over over Biden, just given the case that's going on with Ukraine. Um, just very, very funny that and it's just a little slip. I don't, I don't know what that was for. Saying Biden is more experienced, more predictable. He is an old school politician. The, the Tucker Carlson uh, interview didn't say that at all. <laughs> that wasn't, he wasn't. Uh, no, he said it didn't matter who was didn't in matter. office. No, that's right. It's the same. Mr. The Trump, policies are the same. Yes. Calling that a compliment. The only president in the last five that hasn't given Russia anything is a president known as Donald J. Trump. And this rebuke from the White House. Mr. Putin should just stay out of our elections. I don't know. I, I for the life of me, I don't know what these clips were. So it they was, want they want Putin to stay out of the elections, but then they're expressing who he would prefer to be. Correct, and the at president. the same time, and at the same time, we get like the it. It's not weapon capable, but it can be. Official and Hold a on. congressional official familiar with the intelligence. It is not a nuclear bomb okay. that Russia is trying to send up in space. It is not an active capability, and it has not yet been deployed. Experts have said a nuclear-fueled satellite might be able to carry a high-powered jammer that could block out a wide array of communications and other signals. Today's revelations come just hours after the House Intelligence Committee. Why, but why say it like that? Why, if it's if it's if you listen to it well enough, you can comprehend that that it's not it's not capable of of causing. Uh, it's not like they're putting a nuke missile in space and then aiming with the it at the U.S. Yeah, yes, it, it's it's meant for and it actually have been they've been notorious for launching satellites that will protect them from from uh, being spied on, right? So if anything, it's a defensive tactic by being offensive, right? So to, it's similar to what's already up there. Uh, sure, yes, and they've been doing that since the Cold War. Uh, they've been doing that forever so this is not exactly well, brand then, new news yeah, the russians then, are notorious for doing that and then also the comment you know we don't expect a war in space but if there is we're ready right yeah it's like okay so what does that mean well, are you putting budgeting into defense well, or well a the bill well they right? like more budgeting into they, they like the military bill. they need the space force to be developed yeah they need a little more cash and then we got cbs here Space may soon Space. become the next battlefield, and concerns about that new type of warfare is on the rise, with the U.S. government revealing it has intelligence that Russia is developing a nuclear weapon to target U.S. satellites. A See, nuclear weapon. It, but, it, it, I know, and war will show up in space, right. and then they... That's all people are going to hear. Yes. It, yeah. Zed O'Keefe has more from the White House. The White House confirms Russia is developing a way to destroy U.S. These are all long, but they're all rather similar storylines. So just they're they're also they're still under the two minute mark, Savannah. Just letting you know. Satellites circling the Earth. Though Russia's pursuit of this particular capability is troubling, there is no immediate threat to anyone's safety. We are not talking about a weapon that can be used to attack human beings or cause physical destruction here on Earth. Is it a nuclear weapon? A nuclear powered weapon? or a nuclear-capable weapon. I'm not going to be able to go into any more detail. But National Security Spokesman John Kirby said what Russia is doing would violate a 1967 treaty banning the deployment of nuclear weapons beyond the atmosphere. What the about nuclear-powered weapons? Well, yeah, so or what nuclear-powered satellites on that? Yeah, whatever. Weaponization of space is a favorite Hollywood plotline. We're concerned. 
the Soviets might be trying to introduce a new weapon. Is this Fast and Furious? But Samantha That's a good point. I don't know. Probably. That little It's The Rock clip? for sure. Yeah, but is that from Fast and Furious 10? I don't, I don't, where they go up in space? I, I don't know. That was quite specific of you to identify. Was well, it from What 10? other The Rock in space? Um... He was in a variety. I don't know, man. Excuse me. There was like, um, he was in a lot of like action type movies that may have the Soviets involved. When they're not even the Soviets anymore, they're Russians. No. Whatever. Yeah. At the Vinograd, a former assistant secretary for counterterror. That that's how bad we are in terms of in terms of our media source, right? We still view them as Soviet. We're, we're labeling them as Soviets. But that was we're, how that long we're still, ago? And that we're still in the Cold War, essentially. Yeah. That's pretty nuts. Terrorism says we're not there yet. It is more likely that Russia is involved in research and development to get to a certain capability. Russia demonstrating that kind of capability would put it ahead in terms of global arms race. Biden administration officials briefed top House lawmakers behind closed doors today about the emerging threat. They were going to uh, remain in close contact with leaders of Congress uh, on the issue, and it will be dealt with. It was Intelligence Committee Chairman Mike Turner who first revealed it. We all came away with a very strong impression that the administration is taking this very seriously and that the administration has a plan in place. But at least one Republican congressman is calling for an investigation into why Chairman Turner first revealed the Russian threat, saying he showed, quote, reckless disregard by doing so. The White House said it didn't want the information initially released this way and promises to keep the public informed. I will admit that that was kind of the one thing that compelled me to hold on to this clip to the length it was. That that's the only one out of the three main main American news sources that that said that they're not quite sure why they released that information. I mean, we I think you and I obviously get why they released that information uh, in terms of of the the push for a, a new bill and some extra goodies funding, funding sure. Yeah. But uh, it, you know, it was interesting that out of those three, CBS was the only one to say that yeah, they're they're actually gonna look into why he decided to say that. I mean, we'll never know, right? But at least it's it's noted that someone did, did think of that. Well, yeah. Uh, my other question, and I don't know if there's an answer that you have for this, is what can the US do about it? I mean, countries are allowed to put things ah, in space, they lost, right? Uh Space Force lost uh, sent up two new satellites uh or two new cargo shipments up into space. Uh, pertaining to Space Force satellites, I guess. What uh, is that? The day after just more targets. The, the day I don't know. The day after it. Well, it's it's just a spaceship. It's just a shuttle. No, yeah, I know, They're but like, gonna, what does that do? Right. Well, it, it looks like it. By what I read, it was Space Force setting up uh, some sort of more like more technology for the satellites that they're using uh, to send up for another mission. I'm assuming. Um, but but within that same time frame, they did launch. More, I mean, that could have been planned. That's also months out, right? So. Yeah. What, what can they do? Probably nothing. Uh, you could get a Julia Roberts type scenario uh, in terms of the what was the movie called? The one that everyone was freaking out about. Come on, help me out, man. I I don't I don't. We know. just watched it. Like recently. What was the Julia Roberts movie we just watched? I have no idea. Come on, dude. You do know. You're, what was it about? It was, it was People were freaking out that Obama did it. Oh, leave uh, the world oh, behind. Leave the, okay. Wow. Okay. There you go. I was like, good a job. romance? What do you know? Like a 90s Julia Roberts film? No. <laughs> uh, anyway. Yeah. So, it, you know, it, it sounds like they're, again, it all feels very planned out and scripted in the sense that, that, uh, you know, we get, we get, um, we get Space Force coming in, satellites that could disrupt uh, our whole internet traffic. Because oh, that's the basis of the movie is that everything is shut down. Um, 
And it destroys society. And so that's the fear behind this, right? And you get the FBI director uh, saying stuff like this. Chinese cyber attacks, a serious threat facing America. FBI Director Christopher Wray warning Chinese cyber attacks are already in position to attack the U.S. and that Chinese infiltration is reaching something closer to a fever pitch. China doesn't partner, it bullies. Yeah. And it bullies targets at every level, from individuals to businesses and organizations to governments. Speaking at the Munich Cybersecurity Conference Thursday, Ray said the U.S. is now seeing China's buildup of weapons hidden inside America's critical infrastructure. He noted that they are poised to attack whenever Beijing decides the time is right. Ray also mentioned a Chinese hacking operation recently busted by the FBI. This is a clip that you presented last week. Yeah. Chinese hackers broke into the computer networks of some major U.S. water, energy, and transportation systems. And they held onto that access for at least five years. The back door could have allowed them to disrupt U.S. water supplies and energy controls. U.S. officials said they've cut off the Chinese hackers' access to the systems, but warned that the hackers are looking for new ways to get back in. Is massive. China's. You, you, you blowing your nose? Like, no. Mm. I, this mic is so sensitive. They're trying to find a way back in like every other hacker. Sure. Yeah. They're they, Well, they're fishing, right? They're, that's what they're doing. They're sending out emails that someone can <laughs> open up and, and it click on this link. I love you. And then they click on it and then they're getting hacked. And then they also yeah. have access to everything. Couldn't it also be said earlier? They said China doesn't partner at bullies. Couldn't it also be said that the U.S. does the same? Sure. We could. Yes. Yes. People would say that that's OK, though. Well, of course, because they're part of the U.S. So, oh, there's a reason behind it. Then people, in my opinion, people don't quite get that we should just leave other people alone. Otherwise, we'll, we'll have problems like this continuously. Right. Yes. Even if it was true. So I don't know. Yeah. I uh, mean, there's no partnership without inter- uh, benefit. What? Everything that the U.S. partners, everybody that the U.S. partners with. Uh-huh. There's a benefit to the oh, U.S. Oh, sure. We okay. don't go into a partnership just out of the goodness of our hearts. Sure. Right? Even though it may be framed that way. Oh, we have to step in. We have to do the right thing. We have to be the heroes. Right? Yeah, true. But no, but there's a direct benefit to us participating. And if there's not, then we're not going to participate. True. And then we get a clip like this. We get... I Now, this is now... Seems more rampant. Where we already set our show and, and had it produced for the way we want to. Uh, but a lot of this new one of Putin's uh, or Nivaldi, which I guess was a, a an activist against Putin uh, in Russia. The White House today, President Biden left no doubt who was to blame. Make no mistake. He was sorry. I should put more context. He was a he was a journalist, I believe, or an activist, or or the uh, an opposition of a part uh, another a person running for office, and uh, and was not. Um, he was of the opposing party, and then and then he got jailed in Russia. In Russia, sure. Okay. Um, whether Putin did it, Putin probably did it. Let's be honest. But um, but he he recently died. Uh, he died in prison after he was in good spirits after a recent check in, uh, and then the passing of him in Siberia. Was it ruled a suicide? N- no, that uh, so there's no spe- there's no specification of how he died actually, which is so more why would it matter if he was in good spirits? If he was what in good spirits. Oh, because there was a there, he was recorded in a court hearing and he was like cracking a joke. Yeah, but I mean, if it wasn't ruled a suicide, then it wouldn't matter what mood he was in if he was murdered. Oh, sure. 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 That That's fair. 
but it's just it's people are placing like all every title I'm seeing on, on like the internet is explaining like Putin's the one to blame, and yeah. uh, and they're probably prepping in case it gets labeled I, I, as suicide. Uh, then it's setting the questioning it of like, well, suicide, no suicide or somewhere another group can kill him. No, I know, but I'm saying why specify good spirits, you know, why place the it's probably Putin oh, I see. in the news sources unless they're prepping for when the cause of death does come out and in the chance it is labeled as suicide. I, I don't think so. I think he was I think they're listening to him him as poisoned. Okay, um, so murdered. Murdered, yeah. Okay. So yeah. then that doesn't matter. Yeah. <laughs> I but it, it's on we, we don't quite know. That that's the rumor of how his death occurred. Um So that wasn't the official labeling. No. No, I'm answering your, I'm, anyway. I'm okay, a, okay, move on. Yeah, all right. The White House today, President Biden left no doubt who was to blame. Make no mistake, make no mistake. Putin is responsible for Navalny's death. Putin is responsible. Navalny's wife, Yulia, was in This Munich. is weird, by the way. Just just listen to how his wife is, is, is speaking about this. Germany today attending a security conference and urged world leaders to hold Putin personally responsible. She received a standing ovation. That's real fun of how they emphasize wording, huh? Just they emphasize the Vladimir Putin Mm -hmm. and then the the round of applause as if they're trying to um, like emphasize that this is this is the guy. This is the guy who did it. Yeah, Vladimir Putin. There. She received a standing ovation. That's Navalny fun. has been the target of numerous attacks and attempts on his life over the years, most notoriously in 2020 when he fell ill aboard a flight from Siberia, moaning in agony, poisoned by the deadly nerve agent Novichok. Navalny miraculously recovered after treatment in Germany, but decided to return to Russia knowing full well the risk he faced as Putin's fiercest critic. After the news of Navalny's death, Putin appeared in public today, but said nothing of it, smiling and appearing to be in high spirits. Anyway. Oh, Putin was in high spirits. Uh, no, no. Not Navalny. No, there's another, there's another video of, of no, because there's another video of, of uh, this guy, uh, Navalny, was was at a was at a Russian court hearing, and he was like cracking a joke, and they use the same term, high okay. spirits. Yeah. So, and also the clip of the wife, they only clipped two words. Yeah, and then, like what's the context of her bringing up Putin? That he was to blame. No, no, no. They said that too. No, no, no. But what was the actual context of her saying that? Because oh, they only clipped his name. His, his wife died, or his his uh, her no, husband died. No, I understand, died, so but in her speech. What was the context of her bringing up Putin? That he was a criminal. She was saying he's to blame? Yeah, he's Okay, to blame. I'm just saying the news source only clipped like two words. Oh, sure. So no, no, no. they I, can make it, they can phrase it however they want, but what was the actual context? Yeah, no, it was it was still in regards to Vladimir Putin and he was a killer and he was a criminal. Yeah. Yeah, but sure. Sure. I, I'm not, I'm not like supporting Putin, but <laughs> of course she's going to ha- say that. Right, but because he's but her been husband the, died. That, that's I, I understand, point, but is, like, if that actually wasn't the case, of course she's going to think he has something to do with it. Oh yeah, sure. Right, it could have been some other group. We don't know. I mean, yeah. sure, the likelihood is very is very plausible, but of course she's going to bring it up. Uh, on top of that, we have uh, the FISA renewal. Uh, which do you know what FISA is, Savannah? Um, I do not. 
Okay, here we go. The FISA court was originally designed to oversee individualized surveillance requests. And for the first 25 years of its operation, that's exactly what it did. But in the years after 9-11, the government asked the court and the court agreed to oversee large scales of bulk collection of Americans' information. In 2006, for example- Sorry, I should say that. Foreign Intelligence Surveillance Act. The government asked the FISA court to approve the bulk collection of Americans' call records. Under that program, the NSA would, on an ongoing daily basis, collect the call records of Americans from the major telecommunications providers in the country. In 2015, Congress legislated to end the domestic mass surveillance programs that started after 9-11. But there's one critical exception, and that's Section 702 of FISA. Section 702 forbids the government from targeting known Americans or others inside the United States. Instead, the statute requires that the government target foreigners abroad, and it must be targeting those individuals to collect what the statute calls foreign intelligence information. That phrase is defined very broadly to include not just information about terrorists, but information about the foreign affairs of the United States. The primary complaint of privacy advocates about Section 702 is that in collecting that information, the government will predictably collect the information of many Americans. The primary protection that Section 702 provides to Americans is that it requires the government to comply with what are called minimization procedures. Those procedures are supposed to be designed to protect Americans' privacy when they're swept up in the surveillance. Once an American's communications are swept up under Section 702, they go into government databases, and there those communications can be searched for by the FBI, for example, in the course of criminal investigations. And so long as the government has an argument that accessing Americans' communications is necessary to understanding so-called foreign intelligence, the government can retain those communications and use them for many purposes. And so they can make an excuse for anything, right? Uh, anything you say or I say, mm -hmm. do or, or, sh or have done um, is, is going to be recorded. So that was also on the table uh, during this time period. Um, so within the Russia fear, fear mongering, uh, Again, the Russia sort of scared. I get a lot of pinning that we need to we need to spend money in that direction, right? Yeah. And on top of that, China, which is it's, it's always looming in the background that they're here, uh, they're developing, they're they're going to invade Taiwan. So people think. Uh, on top of that, we got a renewal bill. That's, I man, the more I've listened to that and read more about FISA, that that's pretty damaging in terms of breaking away. Like people, they can just justify to 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 surveil anyone. Yeah, and then just throw on some, yeah, some reasoning that's sure. very generic. And, yeah. Yeah. And so I think you had some foreign aid bill stuff, right? I do. So it was kind of mentioned in one of your earlier clips, but um, we could play the CBS one. The fate of a massive foreign aid package now hangs in the balance after it won Senate approval in the early mornings of today. Senators approved the $95 billion legislation by a vote of 70 to 29 and a major bipartisan victory for the upper chamber. But the bill now advances to the House, where it faces steep opposition from a number of Republicans, and that includes Speaker Mike Johnson. Speaker Johnson, as I mentioned before, has already come out against that Senate bill, saying that it's failed to meet the moment. Uh, what does he mean? What's his justification for that? What moment and why? And do you think he will actually bring it up for a vote? 
Well, it's kind of that same argument. You know, uh, many congressional Republicans stand firm that, look, if we're going to send all this $60 billion worth of funding to Ukraine, which is part of this $95 billion supplemental, that we still need to deal with our own borders for first. And because this package doesn't address that, uh, that is why you are seeing the speaker kind of pour cold water on it. But then it also begs the question, again, they had a plan that was on the table that was negotiated after months of talks, uh, you know, between a bipartisan group of senators. And yes, while they may not have liked that package, uh, why not move forward uh, with this? And certainly that is the question that the speaker is facing. That was such a long sentence, by the mm -hmm. way. Like, Can I play that last bit? Yeah, that whole answer. begs the question again. They had a plan that was on the table that was negotiated after months of talks, uh, you know, between a bipartisan group of senators. And yes, while they may not have liked that package, uh, why not move forward uh, with this? And certainly that is the question that the speaker is facing. That lady is turning blue by the end of it. Yeah, like, if you have to take a breath in the middle of a sentence, it's no longer a sentence. You end the sentence. Really Start good. a new one. <laughs> that's fun but anyways so yeah so what they were saying with the foreign aid bill it's a 95 million dollar aid package for israel ukraine and taiwan um it passed in the senate and it's now moving to the house um and 60 billion of wait 95 billion not 95 million right yes what they said? Billion, billion. yeah sorry i wrote two different words mm -hmm. so 60 billion of that is going to Ukraine. I think it's 14 or 17 is going to Israel and the rest is going to Taiwan. Obviously for military, for all three. Well, th that, but also remember that they're, that they also help pay for pensions. Remember that? Remember that 60 minutes clip that we saw with Elizabeth right. Warren? Pensions, jobs, yeah. uh, uh, basic infrastructure. Go on. Yeah. Um, so it was passed in an overnight session before a two-week break. In the Senate. In the Senate. Okay. Right now it's in the House, but they're on a two-week break. Um, so, <laughs> okay, so we have, so they mentioned in the clip, Johnson, Speaker Mike Johnson of the House is debating, not really debating, he's kind of said he doesn't want to pass it, but let's let's go to Schumer first, what he has to say about the, the bill passing. Today we witnessed one of the most historic and consequential bills passed the Senate, a bill that so greatly impacts not just our national security, not just the security of our allies, but also the security of Western democracy as we know. Today the Senate keeps its word to Ukrainians in need, desperate need, of supplies and ammunition. To innocent Palestinian civilians in need so much need oh my of gosh. relief. But then cue yeah. the Rafa bombings. Yeah, right. <laughs> yes. Of supplies and ammunition. To innocent Palestinian civilians in need so much need of relief. To Israelis in need of support. With the strong bipartisan vote in the Senate, it's clear that if Speaker Johnson brings this bill to the House floor, it will pass with that same bipartisan support. <laughs> okay, so then we have Johnson. Yeah, okay. The Republican-led House will not be jammed or forced into passing a foreign aid bill that was opposed by most Republican senators and does nothing to secure our own border. Mm -hmm. So the national security that Schumer brings up, how does that protect national security oh, when it's going to three different countries? Well, in the sense that it's it's 
fighting against uh, yeah that would then inevitably come to the u.s right but it's already here yeah, yeah right so yes yeah, so johnson is opposed to it because it doesn't include something about the border um we already know there's been multiple attempts to pass a border bill i it's just a delay tactic yeah i think i mean they had the the republicans had proposed a border bill that was just the border that got turned down mm-hmm. then they proposed a there was a it was a this last one, which was um, H.R. 815, which was the border bill and foreign funding mm-hmm. that obviously got turned down. And then now the foreign aid is being passed or has been passed in the Senate, will likely not be passed in the House because it needs to be a major is a majority or a two thirds vote. I think it's a two thirds vote. OK. Um, And they want to bring up the border now. <laughs> right. Again. Like, it's not going to get passed, and it's just delaying. So if you just don't pass it, you don't bring it up, then you don't have to fund it. Yeah, absolutely. Right? They're just, yeah, you're right. And, and the it, same with the border. Like You're right, and they are killing time to, to the most extreme, right? It's 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 all hyperbole. It's all it's all conjecture in terms of what they're trying to present. And uh, and in the end, it doesn't matter. <laughs> like, these, these bills are still going to get passed. They're still going to send money. I mean... What they send like twenty billion or forty billion not re- not too not too long oh, ago. Oh yeah, the emergency to to Israel. Yeah, yeah. This is yes. and now they want to send like basically that same amount to, to Israel, the other countries. Yes, like three times that to Ukraine. Right. Yeah. Also, the fact that they did an overnight session in the Senate to pass this, but yes. they couldn't do that with the border bill. Yeah. They don't care. No, they don't care. It's just it it shows that they're they're you know, oh, they're putting in effort. They really want this to pass. But then it, it's not because just because it passes in the Senate doesn't mean it's a bill like it gets approved. Well, not overall. to fear, uh, you know, n- the Ukrainians are certainly getting their fill, not only from us, but from the other countries in France, uh, such as France, Germany and I think one more. Um, but they're all getting their they're all getting their, their, their euros and their dollars at the same time. This is a crucial time for Ukraine and for Ukrainian This president. clip was really boring, but this is the only one I could find that said that I think the two major powers that, that donated money to the charity. Okay. This is a crucial time for Ukraine and for Ukrainian President Volodymyr Zelensky. Zelensky is here in France today and was in Germany earlier today. He's here to sign long-term broad security agreements with Germany and France, modeled after a similar one reached recently with the UK. Zelensky will also be meeting with U.S. Vice President Kamala Harris at the Munich Security Conference, a major gathering of high-ranking security officials. The agreements being signed here are not about the immediate military needs of Ukraine, although those needs are very intense. Ukraine is particularly struggling around the town of Avdiivka against Russian forces right now. And France and Germany have offered more bombs and other weapons to Ukraine to help in by this the battle. Way, this has been covered extensively by by journalists that say there is nothing left to fight for in Ukraine. Really? They're, they're at a, we've been over this. Yeah. They're, uh, they're at a stalemate. The, no one's advancing. They're so more, than, they more than a mile here and there. Funding for it's just it's. What just, do you think? It's just to keep it going. Just keep it going. Yeah. Got to get more money. More money. Me the money. But the agreements here are really about the longer term and about a big political signal. These are security, political, financial promises of Long-term support to Ukraine over the next several years. These are the kind of agreements that European countries like France and Germany wouldn't have necessarily offered to Ukraine before the war, before Russia's invasion two years ago. 
at that point, European countries were more wary of uh, antagonizing Russia and Vladimir Putin. Okay. So this all comes at the back of, of Trump's recent, and I think you're going to help me listen to this and, and sort of figure out if there's, um, I, I guess maybe not the wording of what Trump says, but uh, but I guess how they're how the news is presenting. I have two clips about this. Okay. Um, where should I start first? Ba, 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 ba. CBS, I think, might be the way to go. No, it's ABC. Good morning, Rachel. Good morning. Robin, good morning to you. NATO is America's most important military alliance, and Donald Trump is threatening to upend it if he's elected, something the White House is calling appalling and unhinged. <laughs> this morning, former President Donald Trump drawing fierce backlash for saying if elected again, he would encourage Russia to attack NATO allies who don't contribute enough toward defense spending. If we don't pay, are you still going to protect us? No, I would not protect you. In fact, I would encourage them to do whatever the hell they want. President Biden calling those words appalling and dangerous, insisting if Trump regains power, he intends to give Putin a green light for more war and violence. All right, there's one. Do you think Russia's going to go after and they want to fight more like they want to have a bigger war the interview said this Remember no i that? know but i mean russia the, 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 the do you think they have the resources the, to be able to continue a war and attack other countries his interview said it they have no interest in attacking exactly any any, any, any further no they're not interested in latvia there's nothing there they're not interested in estonia it's just they're not interested in for Poland. their economy their people like their resources it, everything and this it's taxing yes Yes. And they're, if they're still, if Ukraine has not been ended by then, like, why would they want to continue it? There's See, no benefit. They're not just out to just fight just to fight. But that's how it's been phrased a lot, right? CBS. Russia's. CBS. Okay. I'm with you. No, no, I'm with you. I'm just, we're we're going we're gonna to get, yes, it, it only gets nuttier. Yeah. Censure for suggesting he might side with Russia over NATO allies. If we don't pay and we're attacked by Russia... Will you protect us? I said, you didn't pay? You're delinquent? He said, yes, let's say that happened. No, I would not protect you. The former president went a step further Saturday, seeming to egg Russia on. In fact, I would encourage them to do whatever the hell they want. As you can imagine, NATO's secretary general had something to say about that. He said Trump's comment, quote, puts American and European soldiers at increased risk. And a top European Union official said today, Anne-Marie, that NATO cannot be an a la carte military alliance depending on the whims of the U.S. president. Uh, Still the Navy in there. I'm feeling feeling the Air Force today. Yeah. yeah. (laughs) This is a very interesting tactic, right, in terms of of addressing how he's how he's not going to support NATO. And certainly, as I sent you that article a while ago. NATO, all all NATO countries that aren't the U.S. Uh, did reach their their two percent or their their pledges to the NATO Defense Force pretty quickly, pretty quickly, yeah, and almost immediately. And as we just saw, even even so much as sending Ukraine a little more extra extra funds to them as well, a little extra dough. I, I, the idea that they're trying to I, this always kind of baffles me, and I guess we'll talk about it a little more f- further into it, but. If this is the case, uh, well, I'll just play the next one. We'll play the next one. Play NBC. Former President Donald Trump under fire tonight after saying he would support Russia attacking U.S. allies that don't pay what he deems their fair share. I would encourage them to do whatever the hell they want. His comments threatening to upend the NATO alliance if he retakes the White House and sparking swift backlash from both sides of the aisle. 
The White House slamming the comments as appalling and unhinged. So at least NBC and ABC were on the same mark of, of storyline. Mm-hmm. Uh, appalling and unhinged is both of their titles, actually, which I thought was fun. Um, well, that's the quote. That's the quote, right? Yeah. Yes. Uh, here is NTD, or should I just play the whole clip of Trump saying that line? Up to you. I mean, did the previous clip already play that? No, but they see if you listen. Did you listen to it? They, to what they, Trump said? To what tr- they cut certain segments. Yeah. So I'll just see if just there's... play what he, he what he said. They asked me that question. One of the presidents of a big country stood up and said, "Well, sir, uh, if we don't pay and we're attacked by Russia, will you protect us?" I said, "You didn't pay. You're delinquent." He said, "Yes. Let's say that happened." No, I would not protect you. In fact, I would encourage them to do whatever the hell they want. You got to pay. You got to pay your bills. And the money came flowing in. Yeah. He's just saying U.S. isn't going to foot the bill anymore. Right. That's <laughs> it. We're not going to dole saying. out cash to other countries <laughs> when you have the capability, yeah. especially with how fast <laughs> yeah. they were able to secure exactly, that funding. Yes. They have the money. <laughs> they have the money. It's just if the U.S. has historically always paid, <laughs> right. why would they then offer to pay? Yeah. <laughs> and, and no one failed to, none of these news sources failed to mention that they did pay. <laughs> they yeah. All, they all reached it. None of them said that but I mean, I listen, thing, listening to the whole clip yeah um, and i think this is what you're getting at is that they they think that they they will need to use that funding that they will be in a position where the u.s won't pay because trump will be president yes they believe that i think it's set up for it i mean because two percent is a significant amount of funding sure i mean and if they're regardless. only securing it in the off chance because if if biden is still in office they're not going to need to pay because the U.S. will continue to pay for stuff. Yes. Right? It, it, so the initial hunch of of setting up and leaving Trump, not that we're Trump supporters. Remember that, Savannah. We're, no, we're, it's, I'm just going off of like, why would they secure that funding unless they really, truly believe they're going to need yes, it? Yes, agreed. That, yeah. Yes. And we've been over this before from the previous episodes. It unless they're just way. saying that they got the funding. No, but. no, they, no. It's I mean, it's so here we go. Uh, NTD. And several European countries within NATO have recently declared increased commitment to their military budgets. And today's France correspondent David Vivas spoke with a security expert who says this is in response to former President Donald Trump's recent comments on the military alliance. In a press conference at NATO headquarters on Thursday, Secretary General Jens Stoltenberg addressed the ongoing efforts to bolster defense capabilities within the alliance. This requires investment, and we are on the right track. I expect uh, 18 allies to spend uh, 2% of their GDP on defense this year, a six-fold increase from only three allies in 2014. Several countries have started to take action. German Chancellor Olaf Scholz on Monday said Germany was ramping up military spending and would meet its commitment. The chancellor called for European defense. It could also be that these people were going to do it anyways. Well, uh, yeah, sure. Which is why they were able to do it seemingly so quickly. Yes. They already had plans to do it. They already had plans to do it. But 2% for everybody? Yeah. Like the same number? Yep. Right? Yep. ...industries to set up mass production of arms in light of the ammunition shortage faced during the war in Ukraine. Estonia's government also stated it would increase its military budget by more than 3% this year. Experts say the moves are spurred by former President Trump's recent comments on NATO. Trump had suggested he won't defend NATO allies who don't meet their defense spending targets in the event of an attack by Russia. 
The Americans have made it clear that they are less interested in Europe. Donald Trump's call is very no close to what that. Macron said a few years ago, that NATO <laughs> no one, is brain dead. No one said that we weren't interested in Europe. It's just, it's just we're tired of footing the bill. That's it. It, <laughs> That's it. it applies to everybody. No yeah. Or irrelevant as it is now. According to think tank president and security expert Emmanuel Dupuis, Trump's comments affected change. This forces the Europeans to explain once again that without the Americans it will be very hard to ensure their own security. But on the other hand, the U.S. stance has incentivized EU countries to build up this new idea of strategic autonomy and depend less on the Americans on Europe. <laughs> to build up this new idea of paying for your own shit. <laughs> yeah, paying for your own stuff, dude. Like the U.S. is kicking European countries, well, all countries, the idea, they're kicking them off the page. The, the, off the, the teat. Yeah, yeah, kicking them out of the house. Go be independent. <laughs> and soil. The EU recently approved a 50 billion euro support package to Ukraine. But according to Dupuis, further support for Ukraine might decrease. It seems to be a new era, a new dynamic, a new ambition, but also with a paradox. A good part of the population is as tired of war as the rest of Europe. Correct. But... Which is uh, could explain also why they're delaying then the foreign aid bill in the House, right? How so? Go well, ahead. I mean, pushing towards. I mean, m most of the reason why the why B Speaker Johnson doesn't want to bring it up is that Trump is very much against it, mm -hmm. right? Because we don't. He doesn't want to fund other people's wars, so this could be like yeah, a way of starting it. Yeah, uh, of just delaying funding. Oh, so you're saying like Johnson and Trump are working together? Is well, that in, some, in that I find Trump, that hard to believe. Not that they're working together, but that Trump doesn't want it. And this was like the, what was it, the border bill or something um, that was, oh, what was it? that the one We talked about last week that all of the Republicans were against it. The HR2 bill? Yeah, yeah, the border bill. Okay. Yeah, all the Republicans voted against it even though they wanted the border bill because it was said that Trump didn't want it. Oh. It was implied. Uh, yes. Was that the only reason though? Well... I'm sure there's more reason that was beyond well that. okay and then there was the, the one bill didn't really offer much of a protection well no and it it there was a lot of other things with it like what uh foreign funding right so but it was phrased as this is the border bill yeah but the foreign funding was also a part I, of it i just find it hard to believe that they're uh, to me it's not at least with in regard to that bill that that's a good point you make it it seems it seems a little I mean, you know, okay, so it's not that I, I they're don't believe, working together, I don't believe, but it's... I, yeah, I don't believe that, that the two-party system that's that's really one party is is really looking for the for the eyeballs of, of what Trump does. It, no, it's me, the Republicans. It's not all of Senate or all of the House. No, I get it, but... But, but Johnson is a Republican. He's I, the I speaker. Think, uh, yeah, but I, I think he's just as much as the problem as anything else, right? I, I, to, to me, it feels like it's... I find it hard to believe that they're actually going to do anything about the border because they haven't. Right? No, that's what I'm saying. It's all delayed. It's yeah. a delay tactic. But, but I'm I, saying but maybe part of the reason why the foreign funding particularly is being uh, held up at, at the House through Speaker Johnson. But I don't think it's because of Trump, though. You don't think it could. I don't. Maybe it's not solely because of Trump, but I do think he plays a part because he's expressed his not non-interest in. But I think he bashed. Having it I, think he, I think he bashed Republicans for for. Like the bill itself, like even the bill that they were designing was still a bad bill. For the border bill? Yeah, correct. Yeah. Like they told him, yeah, okay. Sure. Well, you know what's interesting? And I don't have a clip for this, but um, Lindsey Graham opposed the foreign funding bill that passed. 
in the Senate. Really? Yeah, he was opposed to it. Hmm. Even though he was like a big advocate for okay, foreign Okay, we've funding. hit a crossroad. And he was in that 60 Minutes clip for Ukraine. We've hit a crossroad mm-hmm. of what now we're presenting something what now it's expressing opinion so then what do you believe then well yeah so it's these are uh i don't know if are they opinions or are they theories it's an opinion I, both, I guess they could be the opinions. same thing yes yeah yeah but an opinion what's is your, just oh my god don't, don't get technical on me what's your opinion what's your opinion on this then well, i've stated my opinion it's a <laughs> delay tactic it's a I delay think. tactic okay. and i'm saying that maybe this foreign funding bill is a start to i i think trump does influence what happens his opinion just on the republican party Mm -hmm. as biden influences the democratic party in the senate and the house but if the thesis of that both parties are really out to to let in mass migration right no but that that has that's a different i'm talking about foreign funding bill foreign funding i know i keep bringing up border bill too you do and it's confusing sure so those are separate okay but in terms of the foreign funding bill i think the reason it's being delayed is I mean Johnson was claiming that in a different clip he was claiming that it's because they want to focus on the Mayorkas impeachment, um, and then they have the two week break and so and then they want the border bill attached but they had it attached it didn't pass so that doesn't really it's it's just a delay, so this could be a start to the we will not fund your wars anymore. I find it hard to believe. I, I, okay. What, what you what you mentioned. Is, I don't know if this per, will be proven. What, what you mentioned is perplexing in terms of Lindsey Graham not voting in. Yeah, That's, that was interesting. That was interesting. Sure. Yeah. Um, I find still this hard to believe. Sure. But I, I don't know how we can prove it. I don't think it will be we proven. Just, we got to keep doing the show, man. We yeah. Just keep listening to the news, I guess. I guess we'll see if it eventually gets passed and what the. I think, I think we're missing. It, I think we're missing something like a video or some sort of probably. We, yes, we must. This is where we can take a quick breather before we before we move on. Uh, this is a quick reminder uh, to the three that listen, or to anyone that listens <laughs> out there. Um, well, actually, no, I don't want to talk about that. It, people, if they have information, will share it to us. They have an email. Uh, they already know where it's at. It's on the RSS feed. It's it, it'll be labeled in the in the show in the show notes. Um, but I guess what I really want to talk about is a chapter because you had a gripe with me about this uh, this chapter here. Yeah. Okay. Well, we well were, of the last episode. Yes, correct. Well, because well, you originally so so the last episode chapter art was of a or not not uh, album art. Sorry, the album art sure was of a uh, U.S. military guy outside of or sitting on a beach with the border a border wall in the background, but he's got a Chinese flag on. His pants or something. So it's implied he's Chinese. Mm -hmm. And luggage. And luggage. So he's the implication is Chinese migrants are coming in, crossing the border. Military aged men. Military aged men. So they'll be recruited in exchange for citizenship to to support the U.S. military efforts. I didn't think the album or the the art really because you originally wanted to do just a lady in a bikini. It's great either. It was great. Which great that art. doesn't make sense. Also, the guy is blonde. Like, obviously yeah, not that Chinese. Was, yeah, that was a good point. <laughs> it didn't really make sense. I know you're just using AI and that's what it spit out at you, but I think it could I have been told better. It to give it. Sure. Okay. Yeah. Well, I think I would argue the next. We should do that. Granted, I didn't, you didn't really provide a, you didn't an really, alternative option. No, so. you didn't. <laughs> so I think if you want to, you can create the album art today if you'd like. Would that Would that be sufficient? Well, I'd have to if we're going to publish. No, I mean, we're I'm the one on the that's day. creating it, right? By oh, you want me to, to? Okay. 
So you're just adding to it. But this time you can probably design it yourself. You're just passing off your task. I'm passing the bug <laughs> off to you, pal. Okay. Since you had a problem with mine. Well, okay. So that's what you that? wanted to Does bring up. Does that seem fair? You wanted to have this recorded, the yeah. passing on of responsibility. Why not? Since okay. you had a problem with my attempt. Sure. I will give it a go. A go. And we'll see. Give it, give a, it a go. A, give it a goo. Isn't that what it is? Go on. Give it a goo. Go on. Um, <laughs> We'll see how much better mine is than yours. Okay. Um, I gave mine a six out of ten. It wasn't great. It was okay. Yeah. Uh, my problem with these AI with these arts is that the artwork is that it's just a bit too. Um, it's like a bit too vibrant. Uh, I would wish that there was. It, it would be a little rangy. It we can always just, change the coloring. The coloring, sure, but it was just like it's all the same kind of like. I feel like I'm watching a literal cartoon. Granted, that's no, what it, I type in for the prompt, but, but yeah, still, it's, they are very cartoony feeling yeah like way happier than the scene <laughs> implies sure but that's just as funny though yeah but anyway okay you can give it a stab at it you can give whatever prompt sure so okay uh okay you poo pooed mine i will poo poo mine uh, i will be nice about yours so okay uh okay that, that's all we got for that for that little segment there uh, also <laughs> it's a good it's a good way we can kind of segment off the chapter the chapters that we're working on slowly yeah uh okay uh, we can jump back into it. Yeah, uh, we shall see. I guess with this, with this Trump stuff, the, we'll the, see. To me, it sounds yes. It is unusual. Lindsey Graham didn't vote on this bill. Why? That should have been some digging. Uh, yeah. Yes. Fair. So, um, that's something you probably probably could. Honestly, that would have been really good, like supplemental conversation because I I didn't know that. Sure. So that and that Maybe that could I'll have been find, your own. I'll find something theories. for next yes. week. Yes. Yeah. So. Uh, let's move on. Uh, did you want to talk about Mayorkas? Well, not, I mean, that kind of does go into... in with the border, talking about the border. I mean, we it's not a border bill we were talking about, but so with the impeachment of Mayorkas, um, let's or GMA. do honestly either one. The House voted tonight to impeach Alejandro Mayorkas, the Homeland Security Secretary, after failing to do so on the House floor last week. The final vote tally was 214 to 213, so it was a very narrow margin here in the House, and three Republicans crossed party lines to vote against these articles of impeachment. Now, in terms of the America's impeachment, it's going to head to the Senate, but we're being told it's dead on arrival in the Senate, with Senate Republicans and Democrats collectively saying that they just don't see the support and the appetite in the upper chamber to impeach Mayorkas. Republicans have accused him of mishandling the situation at the southern border and the flow of migrants that have crossed at the southern border. But some Republicans saying that that is a policy dispute and it does not rise to the level of impeachment. So the Senate has some options. They can vote to just entirely dismiss. But he's the trial. running the damn thing. What? I know. What? So, but so in the meanwhile of this impeachment, I want names. So okay. That, so I learned. I, yeah. I learned about how impeachments work. Oh, okay. And they keep saying this is unprecedented and about the cabinet members, but they've well, had the first, presidents. He's the, yeah, sure. But he's the first homeland. He's the first cabinet member. Sure, but to how be does that differ years. from a president? It's more. It hasn't specific. happened. He's only the second guy to get impeached. I, I know, but I'm saying it's there's more. It's it's bigger. It's a bigger deal if it's the president versus a cabinet member. Sure. It's just it's like a it's. The way uh, the way the CBS reporter uh, during the sports ball game yeah. uh, announced of the 33, 30, like what an incredible stat line is the same way. This is the first time in, in the second time in history 
in the U.S. history that a cabinet member has been impeached. Yes, yeah. the president's far more significant, but it, it's unusual to have cabinet members be impeached. And I think the last time it was like somewhere in like the early, the late 1800s or something like that. It was it yeah. was a long time ago. So as they said, was this CNN? Yes. Okay, so that was CNN. So as they stated, it passed in the House, which how impeachments work is it's originally brought up in the House of Representatives and it is passed by a majority vote. So they said it was 214 to 213. So close. And the difference was, I forget his name, but he showed up, Democrat, um, from cancer treatments. He was undergoing cancer treatment, shows up, puts his vote in, and then it just barely passes. Oh, wow. Yeah. Um, So now it goes to the Senate where there's options. So there can be a vote to have a trial, but it has to be a two-thirds vote. Um, which obviously if it was that split in the house, like they said, there's not the appetite in the Senate. It's not going to pass to have a trial in the Senate. Um, and it's just another delay tactic. Okay. I think (laughs) because it's not going to pass. Yeah, right. And it might be because more than of this, that. so so in the meantime, he's undergoing this, but he's still in the same. He's still in position. He has no restrictions of what he's doing in his position. Yeah, as Homeland Security uh, Secretary. Okay. Do you want to play the GMAs? Or? Yeah. So the GMA is just focus on the language that they're using. I, the House voted to impeach Homeland Security Secretary Alejandro I I Mayor. Same list that I, I do. Know. <laughs> The House voted to impeach Homeland Security Secretary Alejandro Mayorkas over his handling of the border. Republicans passed the measure on their second try, despite no evidence of impeachable offenses. The House making history, but just barely. On their second try, they successfully voted to impeach a cabinet secretary. That's a first in nearly 150 years. But look, the chances of conviction in the Senate are virtually zero. Overnight, the House making history, impeaching Homeland Security Secretary Alejandro Mayorkas over his handling of the border by just a single vote. After an embarrassing defeat last week, Republicans barely succeeded on their second try. With Congressman Steve Scalise casting that breakthrough vote by returning to Congress after cancer treatment. Embarrassing. Yeah, that was fun. Yeah, so and he's saying they had virtually no evidence, but it was a split by one. Mm. right so obviously there's something where people believe enough where they're influenced enough to believe that there is um but the the debate is that it's their policy issues that resulted in the in the the problems versus something he individually did right which is not basis for impeachment is what is being spoken so that's that update with him so we'll see what happens um obviously the house is on a two-week break senate's on a two-week break so nothing's going to happen soon but it i mean in the meantime he's still doing his job or barely doing his job (laughs) well whether you think he's doing it good or not he's still in the position to to make uh make decisions what do you want to do? You want to end this or you want to keep going? Well, do you, how many, what else do you have? I have a full, I have a full another thing on Egypt. Okay. Do Egypt. Uh, or Israel. Okay. Okay. I'll clip this part. I'll just pause. Okay. Well, we got, um, that's very interesting. Yeah. We'll come back to that one. Uh, I do have another one. 
that could be interesting. It's uh, it's some Israel stuff since we got some some money going to Israel. Uh, we got. Let's see. Where do I want to start? I guess we could start with the titling of these of these clips first. Uh, we'll start with ABC. ABC uh, Israel signals a ground invasion of Rafah. That would give you some context. Rafa is Gaza's Rafa. last city standing, but this morning Israeli forces have been is ordered that true? to evacuate. I've heard that said a number of times with other cities within Gaza. Is is what true? It's, it's the last city standing. Well, Rafa is y- Gaza's. Yes, it's probably the last big city because Gaza's gone. I could have sworn basically. they've said that, before, but Gaza's, Gaza's the whole been strip. evacuated. Whatever. No, but there's the city of Gaza right. in the Gaza Strip. I don't know what the other big cities are there. Rafa is Gaza's last well, city one. standing, oh, city. but this morning Israeli forces have been ordered to evacuate civilians ahead of a ground operation. More than a million people have fled here to escape the fighting elsewhere. Rafa is Gaza's southernmost city, along the border with Egypt. Its population is six times what it was at the start of the war. Families homeless and desperate with nowhere left to go. UNICEF says there are 600,000 children here, many living in these makeshift tent cities, like 12-year-old Fauzi Mohammed Fauzi Al-Najjar. He's from Khan Yunis, which is now a battlefield. We want a solution, he says, a ceasefire for the war to end and for us to go to our homes and to school. The Norwegian Refugee Council warning an expansion of hostilities could turn Rafa into a zone of bloodshed and destruction that people won't be able to escape. But Israel says they're pursuing four Hamas battalions. Benjamin Netanyahu has said Israel will not stop until it achieves total victory. The U.S. is ratcheting up its criticism, saying it would not support an Israeli ground operation into the city without due consideration for the civilian population. And as Hamas says, the death toll nears 28,000. OK, so my only my, my gripe with some of this clipping was that a there could, the death toll is coming from Hamas. Right. Yeah. So then it's like what the same way that we hear the 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 Palestinian uh, health. What is it called? Health ministry. Health ministry. That could also be, I mean, if it's it's all Hamas Hamas run, run, right, then we can assume that potentially those numbers aren't true. Okay. Right. So then how accurate are are these numbers that we're getting from the mainstream then? Right. If it's, I don't necessarily, I'm not necessarily thinking that Hamas is being good about their numbers. Well, they, didn't they supply a list of all the the deaths, like of the names? I don't know. As like proof that this number is accurate. Did you have that? No, this was months back. I don't remember. I don't remember that. Uh, granted, I know you can come up with fake names, so mm-hmm. yeah, absolutely. I don't. I don't know. Sure. Yeah, it's it's just it's just funny. Um, but I mean, there's an, like at the same time, <laughs> at the same time, it it would be difficult to believe that 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 number maybe not accurate, but there's got to be a significant number of those dead considering all of the bombing that's been going on sure i mean people did people died that's that's definitely yes that's true i just don't know how many is being accurate that's all i'm getting at this is also assuming that media is correct in that the bombing is happening in populated areas which it probably and not is. barren areas. Sure. Right. Yeah. I haven't, I haven't read anything that says well, that. I, yeah. Yet. So, but if you're, yeah, I don't know. Uh, and then on top of that, they wouldn't be bombing these tents. That's actually a good point. They wouldn't be bombing the tent areas because that's, it's all flat. There's it's like, they're literally well, on dirt. But they're bombing to get to Hamas and aren't. Yeah, but Hamas members, aren't hiding in tents though. I find that hard to believe. They're probably hiding. Couldn't this. they just hide in with the population? But the idea is that if they're in the tunnel system, right? That's yeah. That's but you're assuming that focus. they stayed in the tunnel system. 
Sure. Why wouldn't they go with the, the civilians yeah, in the movement? And sure. then the bombing would just follow the civilians then but because yeah. it's intermixed. Right. And yes, agreed. Uh, it is unusual. Uh, so then on top of that, we have uh, Deutsche Welle, which is a German news uh, news channel. Five million people listen to that. That's pretty interesting, oh. at least on YouTube. Um, Egypt prepares to receive Palestinian refugees along border, uh, Gaza border. <laughs> okay. That's not at all. They, just, yeah, bear with me. Okay. Yeah. Sources in Egypt say construction work to create spaces to accommodate Palestinian refugees has begun on the border with Gaza. They say the area is being prepared in case of an Israeli offensive in the city of Rafa, Rafa. as part of its campaign Savannah. against Hamas. Rafa. 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 Oh, as part of its of an Israeli offensive in the city of Rafah, <laughs> as part of its campaign against Hamas, who launched the October 7 terror attacks. Such a move could cause an exodus of Palestinians across the Egyptian border. Video released by Egyptian NGO, the Sinai Foundation for Human Rights, go. shows work verified by the Reuters news agency as being along the Gazan border. Egypt has repeatedly said an Israeli offensive in Rafah yeah. would be unacceptable. More than a million Palestinians are currently sheltering Okay, there. so we do remember that they told him to move there they, right? they, a, yeah. a long time ago. The only thing that's very interesting is the titling so far um, of this of this clip, right, which is... With Gaza. Gaza. They say the area is being prepared, prepared. in case of an Israeli prepared offensive and, in the city and of Construction work to create spaces to accommodate Palestinian accommodate refugees them. has begun on the border Okay. Gaza. So the, the main point, right, of this clip is that they're the Egyptians are preparing to welcome them in and and, and receive them. Yeah. Receive them from this crisis. Okay. And then here we have uh, NTD, and then I'll go back to Deutsche Welle because it's a two parter. I have I'll, then I'll go, but I'll go to NTD, and the the title of it already says enough for me. Egypt building new wall near Gaza Strip. <laughs> the same same area, by new the way. New wall? New wall. Like a border <laughs> yeah, wall? Yeah, like a border wall. Construction crews were seen building a wall along the Gaza Strip's border with Egypt. And recent satellite imagery shows that construction crews in Egypt are bulldozing about a two-mile-wide buffer zone in Egypt along its border with the Gaza Strip. This new construction comes as Israel Defense Forces are preparing to fight Hamas terrorists in Rafah near the Egyptian border. And Palestinians continue to be forced to evacuate each city where the fighting takes place. And some are thinking they may soon be forced to go to Egypt. Rafah is the last safe area, but to go to Egypt, no, it's enough. We are here and that's it. We won't be displaced further. If we went to Egypt, who can guarantee our return to our country? These the people Egyptian, aren't even wanting to that go. That is a very fair point. Yeah, sure. Once they're out of the country, will they be allowed back in? No, they won't. And we've been yeah. over this, right? There, there's there's a trillion a trillion square or a trillion cubic, uh, no, a trillion gallons. Pardon me, cubic feet. Uh, a trillion gallons. Well, I guess so. Uh, of of uh, of natural gas sitting under Gaza. And th yeah. th this is this has been reported. This is not just so you guessing. get the people out. You, you get, get the people the out. You get the resources. Cheaper. You get, yes, of course. And it was a war zone, so it's even cheaper to like. But it sounds like they're not. Egypt's not even accepting them, right? No, they haven't been for months. Right. They it, they closed the border. That's he, why people were stuck in Rafa, right? Yes. And here's the remainder of it. 
Government on Friday said it was not involved in relocating Palestinians <laughs> to Egypt. Egypt has also repeatedly warned Israel not to forcibly expel the more than one million Palestinians okay. into Egypt. They don't the want them. No, they okay. Just them, because dude. the government is not saying go to Egypt does not mean the government is not influencing them to go to Egypt. If they keep saying evacuate south yeah. and then they keep bombing right. to force them more south, right. at some point, Egypt has to let them in. No, they don't. They don't. They're but building it, a wall. They're literally, they're well, literally okay, building so an area Okay, so here's my thoughts on why in. that wall might be. Okay. It could be. Here we go. Build up a wall to reinforce the border. Sure. But with that buff buffer zone, it could be they're building up the wall to then let people through to set up their tents on the bulldozed land against a, but that against border is reinforced to ensure hamas does not enter i no. it, it seems like no it seems like they haven't brokered a deal yet well yeah they it's more likely that how but much I'm they're just, gonna let people in i'm going the more optimistic oh, perspective that's, that's on it yeah. well the more generous perspective maybe. yeah um uh there's 11 seconds that's cr- okay yeah but it's it, this this titling Egypt building new wall, not letting people in quite yet. Sure, whatever you say. Is complete contrast to how Egypt prepares to receive Palestinian refugees along Gaza border. Well, that construction, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> construction of what? And then in case a you wall in, in or case, of housing. And in case you right. And in case if you want to know how how someone can f- try to sell you something as much as we're trying to sell you a product, right? Uh, uh, a mediocre product at best currently. Uh, this this lady does not do a good job. So the one that so the, we had the dude saying Rafa, and then here's a supplemental uh, interview that he she uh, he brings on with this woman that's supposedly in Jerusalem, but it's clearly a green screen. Well, just as you say there, Phil, we're Phil. getting reports, credible reports that are being verified. Credible uh, reports show that, that have been verified. That are, no, that are being this construction. verified. Oh, being, oh well, I missed that. You, yeah, nice, replay good, that. Yeah, okay. Say there, Phil. We're getting reports, credible reports that are being, being verified. verified. Wait, have been or uh, are being? Sh- Let's okay. It's good. Her accent's okay, messing right. it up. All right, shush, shush. Well, just as you say there, Phil, we're getting reports, credible reports that are being verified. Have been. Oh, that have been okay. verified. Okay, you, I That's can different. see where that can go. Though. Yeah. Okay. Uh, to show Still, though, that I, I don't is, believe that. By well, the way, yeah. <laughs> By who? Who verified them? Well, just as you say there, Phil, we're getting reports, well, by that credible reports. Right. Yeah, but that, like, okay, are they going to be giving, they're going to verify it. Right. <laughs> they're going to say, yeah, no, that's, that's right. Yes, by if that NGO, that's, that's where they verify it. Yeah. Reports that are being verified uh, to show that this is actually underway. This construction is underway. We're seeing satellite imagery that shows this, these eyewitness videos that have been confirmed. And yeah, also and those videos from- were by that NGO that, that, the, that, the, that Phil was saying at the start. The same NGO. Yeah, the Sinai. Sa- yes, the, 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 yes, the, 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 the Sinai. Sinai. NGO. Sinai. Yeah. Um, speaking Sinai to contractors. <laughs> <laughs> Sinai Foundation. Ooh, Sinai. title. There we go. There's a show. T- Sinai Foundation. On the ground. You mentioned there the, the Sinai Foundation Sinai. of Human Rights. They've been talking to two contractors on the ground who've confirmed that this is indeed the case, that uh, this area is being built. And on the satellite f- uh, imagery, we can see it's from the Gaza border uh, through quite a, quite an area uh, to one of the uh, to another highway inside the Sinai Peninsula. 
Peninsula and that is being built for, as you say, uh, the case where we might see a mass exodus of Palestinians. Now, Egypt have been saying that they don't uh, want to accept a, a, a huge amount of Palestinians into their territory for fear that they won't be able to return. Uh, but this is, of course, an emergency measure should Palestinians either break through the border or, or, or should for some reason, the border for, be open. For some reason, I just, maybe I'm just seeing this maybe a little too cynically. I just, I don't, I I find it hard to believe that the border is just built for, for a buffer zone to slowly trickle them in. No. I, I, I feel, also, this is what, five months later? Yeah. Um. Also, <laughs> yeah. what, under what circumstances wouldn't the Palestinians be allowed back in? be able to return besides Israel saying they can't return. I'm not sure. Yeah. I, I mean, and also maybe besides the entire Gaza Strip being bombed and being unlivable, sure. which that's not likely that's, that would take a lot. Right. But what other reason would there be for them not to be allowed back in? That's why Egypt doesn't want to let them in. What yeah, they're saying, right? I would they agree. Might, we might have to keep them. Yes, that is very true. It would only be Israel saying. I do have a clip that does explain why why the Middle East won't accept uh, Palestinian refugees. It's a well, bit of a time they've seen capsule. what's happened with them, and they don't want to be stuck with them. Yeah, kind of. I'll play this clip. <laughs> like I'll play this clip. Every other country that's let them in. <laughs> there we go. Yeah, there we go. It's a long one too. I'm sorry. Okay. Why aren't more Arab countries in the Middle East taking in Palestinian refugees? The onset of a renewed war between Israel and Hamas has led to fears that millions of Palestinian people living in the Gaza Strip may be forced to become refugees. But despite the fact that Gaza shares a border with Egypt, the Egyptian government almost immediately ruled out any possibility of accepting Palestinian refugees. In fact, Egypt is currently constructing an even larger border wall with Gaza than the one it currently has in place. Now, many outside observers have asked why Egypt, a majority Arab and Islamic nation, would turn away the Palestinian people. People. And of course, many have pointed out that it may serve the political interests of many Arab nations to refuse to accept Palestinian refugees because it allows them to then blame Israel for any sort of humanitarian crisis that unfolds. But the thing is, historically, many Arab nations have accepted Palestinian refugees. And that may be why Egypt doesn't want to now. For example, in 1991, the Kuwaiti government actually expelled nearly 300,000 Palestinians in the aftermath of the first Gulf War. And this represented an astonishing 18% of Kuwait's entire population. So what was the reason? Well, the Palestinian Liberation Organization had actually supported Saddam Hussein's invasion of Kuwait a year earlier. And this support only grew after Iraq began attacking Israel with rockets throughout the war. After Kuwait's liberation, the government considered much of the Palestinian community to be complicit in the Iraqi occupation of their country. And in response, nearly all Palestinians were deported in just a few months. And this wasn't the first time something like this had happened. Decades earlier, the Palestinian groups operating in Jordan had come to openly call for the overthrow of Jordan's monarchy in the aftermath of the Six-Day War. At the time, the PLO maintained its own separate army on Jordanian soil and used that armed force to sow chaos. Armed gangs of PLO militants drove around the capital of Amman, robbing families and businesses in the name of collecting financial assistance for the ongoing war of attrition against Israel. When members of the Jordanian police and army tried to defend their citizens from these attacks, they were attacked and killed. The Palestinian political network operated as a state within a state, with militants repeatedly using Jordan to launch rockets into Israel. 
The Marxist-Leninist Popular Front for the Liberation of Palestine even went so far as to hijack multiple planes, diverting the flights to a Palestinian-controlled airfield in Jordan where the passengers were held hostage. By September 1970, the Jordanian army had finally had enough. A full-scale war with the PLO broke out, and after 10 months of fighting, the Palestinians were driven out of the country. Yet, as a parting gift, a Palestinian terrorist group known as Black September assassinated the Jordanian prime minister. Okay. So, that, I mean, that part of that makes it, a lot of it makes, makes a lot of, uh, a lot of it makes sense in terms of the, uh, the people of Qatar, the government of Qatar mm -hmm. coming in and, and paying off giant amounts and including Israel as well, paying off giant amounts to Hamas to just stay where they are and I just, mean, yeah, it, right. That's what they've been doing. They don't, for years. they don't want them to, to go to other countries. It's very evident. I see. Okay. That makes sense. Yeah, sure. And, and this is, it, well, this uh, and this was also that they don't trust that Israel will get rid of Hamas. They don't trust Israel. Uh, if they let, okay, so if they let the Palestinians in under your theory or what you're saying, that they don't want Hamas to then follow and then they have to bribe Hamas to just stay silent. Yeah. Like what Israel has been doing. They don't trust that if they let the Palestinians in, in order for Israel to then just go ham on Hamas, <laughs> ham. they don't trust that Israel will be successful in that. And that Hamas will still follow the Palestinians. Sure. And still be a problem. Well, yeah, correct. Yeah. Okay. Sure. I, I get that. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. It, it's So they're just going to build a giant wall. Oh, yeah. And, yes. And then send money to Israel to to bomb them. Have they been sending money to Israel? Oh, not Egypt directly. No, no, no. I'm sorry. The U.S. government sends money to Israel and... And uh, and then we just bomb off anyways. Then, yeah, yeah, go for it. Has the U.S. been sending money to Egypt? Yeah, they've always been. For the a, wall? No, not for the wall. But they've always, yes, they've sent money for, I think, dealing with uh, refugees that they bring in. But I think they're they're not wanting to have any more refugees. Uh, I think given how fragile the government is currently. So that could be another reason why they can't support them. Yeah, well, I, I think they, as as they mentioned in the clip that I just played of, of the hostility that the Palestinians bring. Yeah. Uh, and given how tight the, I mean, because they don't really, Egypt doesn't export a whole lot. They import most of their food. Um, they don't have a whole lot of natural resources to really live off of. I mean, it's it's just, it's a tightly, uh, tightly, tightly tight economy. Yeah. Uh, so it would, it would, it would it would destabilize. Yes. Okay. Sure. Okay. Uh, a lot of money to be passed around though. That's, that's definitely the case. You see that quite a bit with Putin, quite a bit with, uh, Ukraine running around collecting paychecks here and there. Yeah. Uh, not, oh my God, my voice keeps cracking. It's bananas. Puberty. Um, yes, I guess so. Uh, I, let's wrap it up. Yeah. Yeah. All right. I'll go ahead while I play, uh, get ready to the clip to, to close this out. With my last topic? No. End it. Oh, okay. Yeah. You don't want to do the little Paxlovid? Uh, if you want to. Uh, There's just two short clips. Okay, that's fine. We don't have to. Um, you already got me there. No, it's Which fine. one, cost or GMA? Uh, Good Morning America. This is you want to set this up for the play? Yeah, okay. so um, kind of switching topics mm -hmm. a lot. Yes. Um, Still on brand with the COVID topic from when? <laughs> inevitably always gets brought up from when um oh, so this thing. so there's a new treatment for covid and the release by pfizer paxlovid 
Um, and this clip is from Good Morning America from 2022. The new alert about the COVID treatment Paxlovid, the CDC warning healthcare providers that patients treated with the antiviral may experience rebounding symptoms after initially feeling better. Robin, good morning. We've been reporting on these so-called COVID rebound cases in recent weeks, but now the CDC is actually issuing a health alert telling doctors to be on the lookout. Paxlovid is taken as a course of antiviral pills and it's become an effective tool recently at reducing the risk of severe illness and hospitalization. It continues to be recommended for early stage treatment for people considered high risk. So it's it's intended to be so okay, so it's been in development. Um, it was funded by the government, not funded by it, it was purchased by the government, given out for free up until the end of 2023. Um, and that clip was from 2022 saying, yes, there was a rebound. People were still getting sick after using it. Uh, and the intent is uh, you use it for five days when you first get sick and it keeps you from being hospitalized. Mm -hmm. Um, but you can still get sick after is just the point is you don't get as sick. Right. Um, so the change was at the end of 2023, it Pfizer was approved. Uh, it Paxlovid was approved by the FDA for, um, sale to be marketed. Okay. So the government was no longer purchasing and giving them out for free. Now Pfizer is selling it. So we can do the cost one. Pfizer is setting a high price for a five-day course of the COVID drug Paxlovid. It's more than double the price that the U.S. government has previously paid. And to put this in perspective for us now, the U.S. government just said it was selling back or giving back these doses to Pfizer. So now we're learning what it's going to be charging for them. What, is so it, right what now, does she mean by that send back? So the government had purchased a bunch to give out for free, right? Uh -huh. And then right before this this change where Pfizer was approved and could then go to market, the government gave back or sold back their inventory because they were done so using that it. Pfizer could then have that inventory to profit off of because huh. it would no longer be given out for free. Okay. Oh, I see. Yeah. Okay. Cost looking at 1390 per five-day course. That is the list price. So the actual price will vary for individuals who have uh, insurance and what that out-of-pocket cost will be. While that list price is quite high compared to what it was before when the government was distributing, uh, Pfizer says that they are looking at this as really a market opportunity with more avenues for distribution. Wow. So, yeah, $1,390 for a five-course, five pills. Damn. That's what they're that's what they're getting. I don't know how much it is to manufacture it, but and of course they're in discussion with insurance companies and Medicaid and Medicare and all this stuff to um, make it available to people at a cheaper price. But My they're goodness. still getting that profit. Yeah, of course. Right. And it's Jeez. just off of a pill that a, a year and a half ago. I mean, I don't know how effective it is. Wow. <laughs> like it, it's crazy. Probably they're, they're, not. they're trying to they're trying to profit. Yeah, definitely. Right? They're trying to keep the streams of income coming from COVID because COVID is still a thing. And the it military. It will always be a thing. <laughs> Even though the CDC knocked down recently, and I don't have a clip for it, but they knocked down the uh, isolation time from oh, yes. five days if you're exposed to 24 hours fever free, mm -hmm. which is the advisement for every illness, flu, cold, right? Not have a fever 24 hours. Okay, you're good to go. Wow. So now it's just every other illness. Right. But there's still, do we have a treatment for the cold? No. No. Do we have one for the flu? Nope. Okay. Why do we have one for COVID? Well, great. 
I don't know. Okay. Not a, not that that's bad, but it was just interesting. Yeah. Anyways, that's my list. That was those are my topics. Okay. You got a fun clip? No, no, I did not. You Do got you a depressing one? clip? I don't. No. Uh, no, I don't. Oh, uh, oh my gosh. Two days. Yes, you do. Uh, no, I don't. I didn't. <laughs> it just it was on another tab. Uh, Taylor Swift would win in any popularity contest against uh, 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 Donald Trump. That was the CNN's four minute read. <laughs> I'm not going to read it to you, but anyway, uh, that's. I thought that was pretty funny. That was, okay. that was this morning. Uh, okay, Savannah, why don't you take us off so we can get out of here? Well, if you uh, got to this point, thanks for listening. Um, if you want to reach out to us, uh, send us any kind of message. Uh, we well, have, it's not up. Don't promote it. No, Leave we have us. the old school method of communication, which is uh, email. Uh, that email is pleb2pleb.podcast at gmail.com. P-L-E-B, the number two. P-L-E-B.podcast at gmail.com. Send us a message. Say hi. Send us something fun. We will reply back because that'd be nice. It'd be exciting. And uh, thanks for listening. You're listening to Just Plebs. My name's Jorge. And I'm Savannah. We'll see you next time. Goodbye. <laughs>